0: Hey, golf friend, welcome to Above Par. I am so glad that you are here. I'm continuing my series on interviewing some of my clients or people who have worked with me so that you can get some insight on how they use the tools in this podcast and how I've worked with them one-on-one to help transform the way they show up on the golf course and off of the golf course. And my hope is that you can relate to part of their stories. So this week I have my client Kathleen Foley, and she's gonna share with you how she has used some of the mental skills and tools to have more fun on the golf course, to be more relaxed, how she's taken them off of the golf course when she's traveled and with family and how she shows up in different relationships and how she's using it to set some goals, some really scary goals to take her game to the next level. So I hope you can relate to part of Kathleen's story. So let's get to it. All right, Kathleen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. You bet, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So this is Kathleen Foley. We've been t- we've been together since earlier this year. And so why don't you tell everybody how you found me and what was pivotal
1: after we had our initial call? Sure. I had listened to you on another podcast and I was really interested in what you were saying so much so that I went to your website and then had an opportunity to, to do an initial call with you where I took the call and thought, I'm a positive person. I'm pretty sure I already managed my brain pretty well, but I was also at the same time feeling really frustrated in my golf game. So there was something that you had pointed out that, that was definitely worth exploring. And during our call, it became very clear that although I'm a really positive person, I have a lot of fun on the golf course. I was at a point in my game that I was really frustrated mm-hmm. and I was feeling stuck. And kind of running in quicksand, and just was playing a lot of frustrated golf, and I ended not having much fun. So, by the end of our call, I was really intrigued because it was very apparent that I had been kind of suppressing a lot of feelings that were coming up, a lot of feelings that were generated by thoughts I was having. And you made some really good points about our brain. We have one brain, and, we take it to the golf course. We take it out in the world with us. And I was just—I was really interested. And once we started talking, it was really powerful stuff.
0: Yeah, and you know, the thing that's interesting about that is when you said, I remember this in the conversation too. You were like, "Oh yeah," but I'm a really positive person. I have a lot of positive thoughts. I'm not very negative. I—I I perceive myself as being a positive person. And the indicator, a lot of times, which I think I probably referenced in that call, is actually how we feel. So while the words can sound positive, like, no, you know, you're, you know, we're upbeat and all the words sound good, our indication is how we feel. And of course, since you were having some frustration and when we challenged some of your good thoughts, like your positive thoughts, and like kind of question, do they actually feel good? And you realize you might be positive in the sense of the words that you're saying, but maybe they're not useful words for you that serve you, because that's like a lot of the language that I say when I'm coaching. And that became like a little pivotal point for you.
1: Absolutely. So you, we talk a lot about that our brain's going to serve up thousands of thoughts a day. So while I was being my positive self, I would have thoughts of uh, why am I bothering? Uh, so I'd had this laundry list of things that were going wrong. And sure enough, I could find evidence about them throughout throughout around. And the more I understood that my thoughts were creating my emotions, it light bulbs really started going off because, Instead of just putting these thoughts off to the side or squishing them, I have, um, through our work together, and it's it's definitely a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process of understanding and really applying the ideas and really sitting with them. It's not to say I don't get frustrated on the course anymore, but if my brain starts, if something starts going south and... I, all of a sudden, am having thoughts that are creating feelings of frustration. I'm able to pivot and ask myself, what's feeding these thoughts? And while if something might be uh, true, it may not necessarily be useful. So there could be a situation of uh, the, gra- the course is really wet, they overwatered, it's been raining. Uh, I hate playing in the rain. I hate playing when it's wet. The ball doesn't roll and finding all this evidence as to why I'm going to have the crappy game, um, I now can go, the course is wet. The course is wet for everyone. While I might like it, I need to put it aside and because it's not going to be a useful thought to keep looking for that's going to create negative emotions around my day. Yeah.
0: You got really good at that. And that was one of the things that you and I talked about is that we have one brain that all these tools are happening for you on and off the golf course. And I encourage people when they start when we start working together to use them on different aspects off the golf course, as well as on the golf course, because you get better at it, the more you do it. And the more that you do it off the golf course, you start seeing evidence of just how you do have one brain. And when you go on the golf course, it happens a little bit quicker because or sooner or you it becomes easier, let's say, because things happen faster on the golf course than in your off golf course life. But I know we had lots of conversations about how much value you were getting out of using it off the golf course. So can you tell everyone how you use that a little bit more off the course, too?
1: Yes, uh, and that, that was something I had shared with you, Kathy, early on as I was learning this. I thought, wow, this is really powerful because I was seeing differences off the golf course and just living life, be it in relationships, with family, friends, with situations that happen to all of us throughout the day. I was putting it to work or having an awareness about it, and immediately you could see a difference in how situations would unfold or how I was dealing with any situation, be it being stuck in traffic to dealing in any sort of conflict or situation. It doesn't even have to be a conflict. It could be just any situation where you start feeling a certain way and ask yourself, what am I thinking that's making me feel this way? Be it good feelings or negative feelings, when you start asking yourself, what's creating these thoughts? And sometimes you just have to sit in it and deal with it <laughs> and then move past it and go, okay, that's, that's enough of that. I understand where that's coming from. I'm going to move past it. Really yeah, yeah. powerful.
0: Yeah, you did that a, a lot like, with some family issues, right? And it's, it could be things that we just have patterns with with our family where it's patterns of thought and just how we interact with people, whether it's confrontational or just tense, I remember you sharing a couple of different situations where you just switched the way that you thought about that conversation or that person, whether exactly. it was your family or off the golf course, and it changed the whole dynamic of that relationship as far as how you showed up.
1: Right? Yes, for sure. And we all have family dynamics, and for me, there was two different situations. One situation that historically I would always feel really defensive right away, and now when be it just a conversation or situation comes up, I'm able to not go in a defensive way, recognize it and be able to have really just a clear thought process or be able to process a situation much, much easier or not make assumptions about what is happening that may or may not be happening. I recognize what I'm doing or my thoughts rather than putting thoughts in someone else's head. Yeah. About because, what they're doing. And that's right. really powerful because we all think we know what's happening in someone else's head. And if you just kind of take care of your own thoughts and understand that your thoughts are bringing out emotions, it just provides a much greater clarity.
0: Right. And you're situation. feeling like you have a, you're not at the effect of those things, right? You feel like right. you have a little bit more control over it. I remember you went on a trip too. You used it when you got stuck in some travel, right? It's yeah. like this is an opportunity to practice my skills and not getting frustrated traveling.
1: Exactly. There was like a three hour process just to get through one security line. It was just ridiculous. And here we are standing in this ridiculously long line that is unending. We know we're going to miss the flight. And instead of standing there in extreme frustration and listing all the reasons we're frustrated or why the world's unfair or feed that negative experience, because you could look around and be frustrated that there's no water, there's no food even available. You know, the line's moving too slow. My back hurts because I'm standing too long. We're going to miss the flight, then this, then this. And it's just this avalanche of negativity instead of going, hey, there's nothing we can do about it. Just control what you could control and let the rest go. It's not to say that's not a frustrating situation because it is and I'm not saying it's not a frustrating situation. It's how you manage it with your emotions because it's it's just not useful to sit there and get all worked up and mad and angry and you know tight and it's just not right. worth it. Right, which sounds like a
0: golf shot, basically, right? Yes. Like we miss it golf shots and we can get frustrated because we have Basically, everything you just said right there could have been a golf shot versus a line at Air Canada trying to get on the flight. And it doesn't serve us, especially after a shot. Right now, we start arguing with reality. It already happened. There's not anything we can do about it, kind of standing in the line. There's not a dang thing we can do about it then my power comes in being able to pivot in those moments to be able to shift to something more useful for the benefit of my next shot and for the benefit of, in the travel example, of you just spending the next however long in lines, right? So you're not miserable in either situation. And that's about two, one of the things that we talked about is being the spectator of your brain and learning that skill of, pivoting which becomes so useful for you on and off the golf course. I think you mentioned to me that you probably use the tools and the things that we talked about over 60% of the time with off golf course stuff because you know we do right. spend most of our time off of the golf course than on. So give us a couple of examples of how you're able to now spectate your brain and pivot a lot better. Let's talk about some on the golf.
1: On the golf course, it's a really powerful tool. It takes a little bit to really get used to having the awareness you have to commit to want to have the awareness a recent example is during our club championship I got off to a rough start in the first round and what I wanted to do was quit I could tell the tightness was starting and I thought I'm just gonna quit I'm gonna say I don't feel well and I'm gonna leave I just kind of giggled and thought oh that's the old fight or flight thought coming up and I just kind of giggled to myself and thought, no, that's not useful. We're not doing that. It was just, I have no intention of quitting. It was just my brain offering up this uh, thought. I've never quit during around, and I, I really don't think I ever would. I'm really confident that I would never quit during around. but my brain offered this up. And I, before, I would have probably just stuck it down and it was would stay in the back of my mind. But with this new awareness, I giggled at myself and said, oh, look, it isn't this funny. Well, that's certainly not useful. You're going to stay here and fight. And I just put it aside and everything turned out fine. I mean, I just went back to I'm going to stay in the moment and go through my pre-shot routines to find my state of calmness and certainty and confidence on different shots and everything It was fine, but I experienced it and with the understanding that these negative thoughts just don't go away. You learn to accept what your brain is offering and then move on. Um, Feel it, acknowledge it, and then move on and pay attention to the stuff that's more useful. One of my favorite sayings that I hear myself say on the golf course is, while it may be true, is it useful? So that could be you're playing with re- really chatty people. The weather might not be good. It might be too windy. It might be too wet. Um, it just the list goes on and on. And if you just kind of start batting them away, going, well, that's not useful. It's true. It's freezing out here. I don't want to play out here. But that's not going to serve me well in staying you know, connected and playing from a calm state. So That is so
0: good. You get an A plus on absorbing. It's <laughs> like you could go out and teach this right now on how well you've uh, you've done on absorbing all the content and the stuff that we've talked about. Yeah, that's like that goes into the WWKS. What would Kathy say? Is like yeah. If this is might be true, but is it useful? Those are like my terms, yeah. right? So that's so good. That's my favorite. I mean,
1: that's my favorite one. I think. Yeah. Is, and I'm certainly. I've had a lot more fun on the golf course, and and fun's probably not the right word. I've been in a much more relaxed state, or or aware. I'm going to say aware state of all these thoughts, and now that. I have this awareness. I witness people just come on unglued because once the negative thoughts start, they just are spewing. And I think that's the challenge, is because we all know people and we all play with people that have just, just this negative flow of. Of comments, and even after the round, everyone wants to talk about their worst shots, and it's just kind of interesting because you see these that their negative thoughts are just leading to worse conditions and outcomes for them. Right? We get wrapped up into
0: our environment, and when we are also the negative people, you know, we just kind of is like this group behavior, so to speak. And then when you go through and you do do the work, work with me, or you get involved with the podcast then you start noticing everybody from the outside a little bit more being oh my gosh they're so negative i know what's going to happen if they keep thinking that thought they are going to implode and things are not going to work out that way i used to be like that right and yeah. you're choosing not to be like that um, it's so much easier to see how everybody else is behaving that's why i think this is if you, if anybody who's listening to this is going through the work this is your leg up on people this is most people aren't doing this they they become at the effect of their brain versus what you're talking about is being so intentional. And I love the way you phrased it. I'm going to steal this from you, Kathleen, because I love <laughs> how you said. how you said the decision to be aware, that's so good because it is a decision, right? We all we had to do is decide to be aware. And a lot of times a lot of people yeah. don't want to look at it or they don't want to spend the time looking at their thoughts. I had one client who said, "I just don't want to think about what I think about. I'm like, well, that's your thinking." <laughs> Right there you're thinking yeah. like you can't yeah. not do it. Right. So you deciding to be aware is such a great statement. All you have to do is that just make that decision. And the yeah. other thing that I love that you said was when you're talking about the feeling of wanting to quit before it might've been where it lasted and hung out and affected your play for holes on end, shots and holes on end. And you made another great comment. It's not like the negative thoughts go away because they will not because we have a negative bias in our brain. It's just going to be negative. It's always gonna look for the ways that everything can go wrong. We just have to be on to it and then be able to pivot and have the tools to pivot. It's about how long it lasts. Yeah. Right, So it shows up, there it is. And the sooner I can pivot from it, the less it's going to impact my play or my life. And right now, some people might be at the point where it lasts five holes and progress is lasting four holes, right? And yeah. then it turns down to a shorter and shorter version, or now it only you know affects the next shot. And I'm trying to keep minimizing that. It's just a process of doing the work. And I also love that you said that yeah. It is a process. It's something that you you want to learn. As long as we have a brain, we're always going to be doing the work. There's always going to be things that are coming up and yeah. work for our brain to do, and things that our brain will believe to be facts. That sometimes it helps, like talking to me or talking it out and or writing it down. I encourage people to write it down so that you can see your thoughts and get them out of your head. And you're you've got really good at that.
1: Well, I needed to make sure that I wasn't just running over them. I wanted to make sure that I was truly understanding that, you know, as these feelings and emotions were coming up, that I was kind of sitting with them for a little bit, because, like the the, the flight, one that I we talked about, a little wanting to quit. It would kind of linger and I wouldn't keep thinking that I wanted to quit, but the tightness and the, the feeling in my stomach and mm. not having fun and all of the, uh, the actions and the results stayed when I had, because I hadn't really dealt with that feeling of, I want to quit. Even if I knew that I didn't want to quit, my body was still acting like I I was going to quit. Meaning right. I was tight. I was anxious. I wasn't having fun.
0: So the reason that we want to quit is because we're trying to get away from an emotion. And we think that quitting will feel better than how we feel right now. And that's when you have that urge. It's really an urge to quit because I just want to escape how I'm feeling. And if we don't address how we're feeling, right, then that likely that won't go away, but we really are weighing out. Well, if I quit, I have to deal with the shame of quitting, which I think I can handle way better than right now. That feeling of frustrated and disappointed and feeling like a failure and all those things, they both feel crappy and we kind of weigh out which one feels less crappy. And that's, we end up making that decision unless we know how to process all that stuff, which is basically what you're talking about right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's really powerful. I mean, I think I send you little notes going. This stuff is good. It has definitely helped my golf game, and more importantly, my experience on the course. And it's really fun. It's really good stuff. Well, I have
0: I've loved working with you, and you are an A plus student as far as like. Oh, thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've enjoyed working with you too. It's really fun. I mentor new new golfers, and I I think every. Every week I have two or three new gals and I'm forever forwarding on your podcast because new golfers really need this to understand because they, yeah. I just, is they say the things that new golfers will say, I'll say, what do you think about They go, oh, I'm saying, I don't want to hit it in the sand. I don't want to hit it in the sand. I'm like, well, your brain doesn't know. Don't. And they're yeah. like, huh? What? What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because new subway. golfers,
0: I think every level of golfer, you know, I have listeners from all, all different stages of play, but new golfers are going to enjoy the process of learning the game so much better if they understand how to manage their mind around it. Yeah. Because everybody who's been listening to, who is listening to this podcast, who's played golf understands that the learning curve is a little slow until we kind of get our um, our feet underneath us. And if, at and if that getting people into the game, it's the mental battle of going through that struggle yeah. of just learning the game because there's so many yeah. different components that it's so, so useful. And I think it's um I love what you do. So basically what she's talking about is Kathleen, there's a there's a an organization that has people who are these new women who go out and play, and then they take a little bit more experienced, knowledgeable golfers like Kathleen, who help mentor them and teach them the ropes of getting out there and playing so that they're more comfortable to go out and
1: start playing on their own. And I love that you do that. You do that on a regular basis. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great program. We're just, you know, we focus on all the, everything that's wrapped around pace of play and just golf etiquette so that these ladies can go out and play around and understand their, what they're out there to do and meaning no one cares how they play, but they care about their pace of play. And yeah. we talk about that all the time. Cause they're like, well, I'm not good enough to go. No, you're good enough to play. You just have to keep up with the group in front of you. And if that yeah. means picking up, so be it. Cause people, nobody cares how you're playing. They care about yeah. your, your pace of play. Yeah. And then they really get that because, and the whole goal is to help them get, comfortable on the golf course. Yeah. So yeah, I love all perfect. that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So now tell me what's next for you, Kathleen. Well, my my goal is to continue with this process. And the area that I'm really trying to focus on is believing without evidence. And Kathy, you and I have been talking a lot about this and the believing without evidence, I would love to be a five handicap. Um, even saying that gives me a little pit in my stomach. So mm-hmm. yeah. and you say, well, it's more uncomfortable. It makes you the better, uh, yeah. all the better. So I'm really working on believing without evidence and little things like, is it possible? And so when I'm out there, I'm like, it's possible that this could happen. It's possible that I can make this shot. It's possible that I can, shoot in the low 80s. And so I just keep saying it, it's possible. It's po- mm. And I'm looking for evidence as to why it can happen instead of the reasons why it cannot. I also work with, uh, you know, the technical side of the game. But our mind, I think, it starts with the messages our brain is telling us. Right. When you create a goal and that then you get that feeling in your pit of your stomach,
0: I would want someone, and I encouraged you to keep pushing your goal to a level until you felt like you were almost going to throw up in your mouth. Right. And then yeah. then we know we've hit the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because yeah. now your brain, just like you said, is going to offer up all these reasons why you can't do it. And all that is a list of work to do, to manage your mind around, write down all of those things, all those reasons your brain's giving you why you can't do it. And then you, we got to just pivot on each one of those and start shifting into things that we can believe so that we can start seeing the evidence of it. Those are those, those are the things that hold us back. You know, granted, there might be some physical components to it. If that's a, if that's a thing that like we talked about for you, like we're, as you're working on your swing, but the rest of it is you just believing it's possible. You can do it because yeah. our brain is always wants us just to stay home and not do anything. Right. And so it's instantly there right. go, no, you can't do that because we haven't seen that you've done it before. And if you go and pursue this goal, you might be upset and you might be hurt and you might feel disappointed. So just don't even try. Right. Right. And I encourage you to go pursue that goal, even if you don't reach it, because you're going to love the version of yourself you become in the pursuit of that goal. Yeah. So I like that. You know, I like the pit in the stomach. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I know you like the pit (laughs) in the stomach. And it literally does give me a pit in the stomach.
0: Because the other thing I say is too, so what's going to happen is once you reach your goal and you've trained your brain, or you've seen the evidence of how you overcome all those obstacles, once you get there, then you're like going, okay, well, I want to do this now. And you already Um, have proof and evidence of how to do the process. I know it's going to happen. My brain's going to give me pushback. And I know I just have to work through it. And then when you keep repeating that process, of a, of setting something that makes you uncomfortable overcoming it then there's like no stopping you.
1: Right. It's all really good stuff, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I appreciate you all the time that we've spent together and it's been a lot of fun oh as always just having our calls and talks and yeah. watching you use all the tools in your life. I've loved all of that and I love your support on my end as well. So, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You bet. You bet. It's been
1: it's been really really good. I love learning and you and I have really clicked and it's been a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. and it's really, really good stuff. You can't stop learning this. I mean, you can't yeah. stop using it. That's what's, that's, what's really fun. And, right. um, right. So, and you yeah, can't yeah, unlearn it this as much I like. as I can. You can't unlearn it too. And you yeah. can't reach a point, you know, you could become not being as aware of it, I, I suppose, but once yeah. you start being aware of it and you see the benefits of it. It's like, why would I want to put this aside? And most people uh, think
0: they have to fix their swing. And sometimes we do, but it's like, it's, it's yeah. good to know if I do, or if it's I'm getting in my own way with yeah. my brain. And then there's just, it's, there's just work to be done. So yeah,
1: all That's, right, it's really fun. I love I love it. So I appreciate getting to chat with you about it. And yeah. Uh, Yeah, more good stuff. Yeah, I love getting pits in my stomach when we talk on the phone. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that I know it's working. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. And and I,
1: I, I in a sick way, enjoy that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. All right. Thank you, Kathleen. You bet, Kath. Thank you. Okay. Well,
0: there you have it. Hopefully, you can get some inspiration and insight from Kathleen's story as you set your goals for the next upcoming year and envision how you can take the tools off of the golf course and up level every area of your life if you want some help or you want some direction make sure you reach out to me at kathyheartwood.com have a beautiful week i'll talk to you next wednesday